Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the RIA podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Russ Piazza, portfolio manager and co-founder of Front Street Capital Management, portfolio manager for the Tarkio Fund, and many, many other things. Russ, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. It's a pleasure to meet you. Our pleasure as well. Let's go back in time a little bit. You started your investment career back in 1977. What inspired you to get in the business? You know, I gave that some thought. It was almost an accident, but we did start in 77 and I was with Kroll Whedon and Company. Uh, I was 21 years old and pretty much clueless uh, is how it all got started. Okay. And then obviously your journey evolved. You went to Piper Jaffray um, and became a portfolio manager there. What inspired you to start Front Street Capital? Yeah. So uh, basically, while I was at, uh, I had graduated from the University of Montana, grew up in Southern California. When I graduated, uh, this was particularly Missoula, Montana, which is a pretty cool place. But the economics here uh, were not very stellar, particularly back then. So I went back down to Southern California and got a job at Kroll Whedon and Company, which was somewhat of a miracle at the time. Uh, and they had no training program, no official training program. So there was a partner in the firm that kind of took me under his wing. His name was Ben Robinson, who we had a relationship uh, until he passed away here a few years ago. And he ran discretionary fee-based equity portfolios. And that was intriguing to me. Uh, and it got us, started got us thinking about the way to approach this business is more as a manufacturer than a distributor. And we've had that concept in our mind ever since. I was uh, in Southern California. The, our office was in Leisure World. I was 21 years old trying to develop a fee-based or a, an aggressive equity strategy in Leisure World, which wasn't a very good match. So I was failing badly and wanted to get back to Missoula obviously, as anybody would, at least from our perspective. And uh, there was a, an opening at the local Piper Jaffray office. There was only one older gentleman uh, in the office at the time. And there was a small book, a small nucleus of clients uh, that needed to be handled. And so it gave me the the, the opportunity to get kickstarted a little bit. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And then talk a little bit about um, the formation of Front Street. Yeah, so the, the where the business evolved was I, I stayed with this concept of uh, running equity portfolios, which was not something at the time in the industry that was really uh, uh, embraced, to say the least. And uh, But we kind of kept creating it. And then the industry kind of got the idea that uh, maybe a, a discretionary fee-based program might be something that uh, would work at a firm like Piper Jaffray. And so we were uh, kept pushing and pushing and kind of became the prototype 
for the Piper Jaffray at the time was called the Navigator Program. And we uh, had originally, through the uh, Ben Robinson's tutelage, we were originally focused on a Ben Graham style of investing, uh, which we had some success with. But over time, it became a little bit unsatisfying as to buying just cheap stocks. And uh, there was something missing for me. And then in 1988, I actually uh, read an article in Forbes, and it was an interview with uh, Phil Fisher. Uh, Warren Buffett calls himself part Ben Graham, part Phil Fisher. And that was really intriguing to me. And and, uh, Warren Buffett had uh, done the introduction to the interview, and I read it, and I was very inspired. And Phil's idea was that if a company was managed in a very specific way, that they would get the most out of their employees. And then in turn, that company would have an advantage over their peers. And that was super intriguing to me. And I read everything that he had written. Uh, It was about four books at the time. The most popular was Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits. Then I went on a search to try to identify a a uh, Phil Fisher style company. In my search, I stumbled across a company called Galileo Electro Optics, which was in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And uh, due to lack of time, I won't go through the whole story, but there was a whole series of unbelievable coincidences that suddenly I had uh, identified that Phil Fisher actually owned the same stock. And he owned only seven stocks at the time. And he was 82 years old. I was in my early 30s. And so when I found this out, I immediately wrote him a fan letter. And he responded immediately. That was really uh, set the direction for our my career and our career here at uh, Front Street Capital. I had uh, a relationship with him for a few years until he kind of Uh, kicked me out of the nest and was just tired of me bugging him all the time. But when I did, the first time I met with him, the first thing he said was that, uh, and this was 1988, what I really needed to fully understand was everything that was going on in Japan at the time. And that led to the Deming management style and then uh, the Toyota production system. From that day on, we became... Uh, students of this whole process of companies that created a culture that we thought would uh, get the best out out of every employee in the organization. And through that work and studying Deming, uh, put together a criteria, which pretty much has been tweaked a little bit, but has been unchanged uh, really since uh, those early days. And the idea was to take the, the Deming management style or Toyo- or the total quality management is what it was called at the time, or they call it Kaizen. Uh, it has evolved now into uh, what is termed as lean, which we don't think is a very descriptive word for the process. But uh, what we tried to do was take the human principles out of uh, this system so that we could identify companies that weren't TQM but use the same principles. And if we got a minute, I'll quickly go through that criteria. Is that all right? Yeah, I would love to hear it. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, we think if you're buying a stock, you're becoming a partner in a business. And the most important thing in a partner is uh, that they, that you trust them. Uh, they have a high degree of integrity. And, and uh, recently, in the last couple of years, we've added to that, that they need to have a, uh, a fair amount, a, a lot of humility uh, to be able to execute this effectively. Second, they have to have a long-term focus. And both Phil Fisher and W. Edwards Deming were the ultimate uh, long-term thinkers. Uh, Phil actually owned uh, Motorola for 52 years, I think. We like companies that have a purpose, that they are the objective of the company is not to shove as much money in their pocket as fast as they can. Uh, the objective um, is to fill some societal need. And we think companies that have a purpose, uh, there's a greater passion for the business and the culture uh, gets uh, recreated accordingly. Uh, Deming's idea was that human beings naturally compete. And when people compete, they don't share information. They hoard it for themselves. So you got to find internal competition everywhere in the organization and root it out anywhere you can find it, that internal competition is a disease. And so you got to figure out ways to break down barriers to get folks to communicate effectively, either by department, by employees, up and down the hierarchical structure between the company and their suppliers, everywhere that the company operates. Um, Deming also is a big believer in that empowering employees to be able to make decisions without repercussions if they make a mistake so that everybody in the organization at all levels, they're learning all the time in little bits in Kaizen, uh, continuous learning. And then the idea is if everyone is learning and getting better and better at what they do at all levels of the organization, and then you uh, flatten the organizational chart and break down barriers so people could communicate, then all this knowledge gets compounded over time. And uh, what we do is all about compounding, both from a learning perspective and obviously uh, compounding our clients' capital. And the last uh, bullet point is all is for naught unless they're uh, careful with how they uh, allocate their capital. That makes a lot of sense. And those are great criteria um, talk a little bit about what differentiates Front Street and then talk about the fund. Yeah, so uh, Front Street, our, our purpose is to build meaningful wealth through compounding over long periods of time. And uh, what that means is trying to get our clients to do nothing. And that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, and so uh, we are our fund. Uh, we, we had a, a good track record for about 20 years. And then we launched Front Street. And so it for that uh, to be able to, and that track record was non-publishable. So obviously we wanted to uh, to have a publishable, publishable track record. But there's a slew of other reasons for us. Uh, launching a fund was the best avenue. And by the way, uh, really that's the beauty of the RIA model, right? You could take this anywhere you want. You know, uh, our business is a little different than a lot of RIAs. And that's the cool thing about the RIA model is that you can create your own, what you think is important uh, and what you value. And it might not be the most lucrative or may or may not over time, but uh, enabling the, the RIA model enables you to do that, which we think is pretty cool. And so we launched the fund in uh, 2011. Uh, well, it uh, reinforced this idea for us as 
trying to be a manufacturer versus a distributor. And you've been through over, you know, you've been through quite a few turbulent times and stayed the course. What advice, we're not asking for any specific recommendations, obviously, but, you know, what philosophical and investment advice are you giving clients now in today's turbulent market? Yeah, so our biggest challenge, which I think is one of your normal questions, by the way, but our our biggest challenge is uh, trying to get people to live through all the fluctuations. We don't go through a bunch of gymnastics to try to smooth it out. We try to get them to live with it, which is um, a challenging thing to do. But we think the only way that you can really compound at at uh, meaningful rates is to have it un- uninterrupted. And the only way it can be uninterrupted is to live with the fluctuations. So that really is our, our greatest challenge. So uh, what we've done, and, and our fund has 30 stocks, and so even a lot of more volatility than the index, um, which is makes it even more difficult. So what we do is... Uh, we only charge for our fund. Uh, we only charge uh, for our fund. And then we wrap uh, the index, the S&P 500 index around our fund as a way to sort of provide a protective, um, protect our, our little investment in our fund so we can continue to, you know, compound that over time. And we think that's that's how we grow our business is by compounding our own and our clients' money. And the hardest thing for us was over the last 13 years that when interest rates went to zero on the short end and 1% on the long end of the of the treasury curve, that we felt it was the biggest bubble of all time. And so uh, we avoided buying fixed income securities. We thought, you know, a couple of years, uh, turned out to be 13 years, uh, that it took for uh, rates to finally start to normalize. But that really made it difficult for us because we had no place to put money for 13 years that didn't fluctuate at all. So, yeah, you're correct. It was a battle for the last 13 years to keep people engaged. Well, And it's always a battle to keep people engaged. Uh, the hardest thing for an investor to do is nothing. Yeah, very true. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, well, we like our team the best. Uh, we've got a five-person team here, and uh, the sort of the pinnacle of uh, TQM is a cross-functional, self-directed work team, and that's what we have uh, been blessed with creating here. Uh, so Michelle Blood, we've been together 38 years. She does all the operations. Uh, Ginger Belker started when we uh, launched Front Street in 06. She does all the compliance. Uh, my son Dominic is uh, and Jeremy Brown uh, both do the research. And, and by the way, we do one other thing that's sort of interesting. To learn more about how companies are managed rather than just going out to visit them, uh, we've actually taken an ownership stake in two companies locally that have uh, more than 70 employees so that we can go to the Gemba, as they say, and really learn how um, uh, companies are managed and what it takes. And uh, believe us, it, it's a lot more challenging than than we thought it was. But it's really uh, gotten our relationship with our publicly traded companies much stronger because when they hear that we're actually trying to do this ourselves, uh, the relationships have, have grown exponentially and the, the learning, we think, is compounding uh, at an exponential pace now. 
Well, that's incredible. We we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. Uh, this has been Seth Green with Rutz Piazza. Of front, we can uh, is frontstreetcap.com the best place to go for everyone to learn more. Yeah, there's two websites. There's Front Street, uh, the Front Street Capital website. There's a Tarkio website. You could Google either one of them. If you add Missoula, Montana, that they'll certainly pop up. But the real way to 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 find us uh, are the symbol for our fund is T A R K X. It's uh, the Tarkio fund. And uh, if anybody is interested, if anybody believes that how you treat your employees is the best way to compound money over a long period of time and that they're willing to live with a lot of fluctuations, then um, we might be a good fit. If not, we are not a good fit. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you, Russ. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Thank you, sir.